Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, the Bills dropped a uh, sickening loss today to the Miami Dolphins on the road. I'm Lars. Joining me today, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. Yeah, whatever. Go Cubs, go. Uh, And, of course, the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit, is also with us. I fucking hate our waitress. Yeah, thanks for slamming the beer down, Jen. First time you've done anything all day of note. Just, I mean, it's fucking week after week. And find us online at Bills and Beers. That's the best way to find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, just search Bills and Beers on iTunes and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody you know on Bills Nation how you found us. Use the hashtag BNBSM. That's the best way to reach us on social media and to be entered to be the social media listener of the week. We are pretty effing bummed out right now to be talking about this game because it was a bonafide stinker. So we're not going to waste any more time and just get right into it because we want to get this over with as fast as possible. So we dropped this one, 28 to 25. Uh, A lot of bad juju going into the game. A lot of bad things happened during the game. A lot of things just to be really, really frustrated by. But it wasn't all negative. So let's at least try to wring some water from this stone and come up with some positives from today's game. Cass, we'll start with you. Try to see the forest through the trees. Who was your Labatt Blue MVP of today's game? God bless you if you can find one. Uh, I've got one, and, and there there is one out there, and uh, his name is Colton Schmidt. Okay, sure. He he did have a great game today. I think maybe special teams in general had a, had a pretty decent game, seeing the dumpster fire that we just witnessed. But uh, yeah, Colton Schmidt. He had two punts within the twenty or within the twenty. His, his long was fifty-seven. Um, he's averaging forty-five point one yards on, on punts. So you know it's really bad when the, the silver lining is our freaking punter. Hold on. Let me put my thumb in the air. Is it 2007 again? Are we uh, are we glorifying our punter? Yeah, I mean, I probably should have worn my no. Moore jersey. No, you shouldn't. Why? Because no. we played like we were. No! Suge, <laughs> coming to you now. Mormon! Yeah, I, I was worried when you said, oh, you know, maybe it should just be the whole special teams because I was like, well... All of the Labatt Blue players of the game were on special teams, so please don't take the entire special teams. Uh, I am, you know what, I got to go again. I'm going back to the well, and it kind of fits into his role on special teams as well. I'm going back to Lorax. Wow. Uh, you know, he had a sack again. He uh, made a couple great plays on special teams. Um, he was one of the only bright spots, even though the whole game was just a fucking dark, dark shit stain. Uh, he was one of the only good spots for it. You should pick Brandon Tate. I actually find that the worst shit stains are the ones that are lighter in color. That tends to be a indication that you're well. You're you're the you're the doctor, Suge. You can tell us what that means. My Labat Blue MVP of the week uh, goes to me. I'm giving it to moi. I ran a 10k this morning. I did really well. And uh, my mistake. Walking to the car, really excited about what happened. I turned to my wife and said, "Boy, I hope the Bills don't ruin this." Well, they did. Hashtag BNBSM, best way to reach us. Uh, did Lars really just give it to himself? You're goddamn right I did. <laughs> After admitting that he jinxed the game? Did yeah. that just happen? Yeah. He had a lot of girl fan club uh, in the bar no. today, too. Yep. Yeah. 
What? Say what now? You said you had a lot of girls in your fan club today yeah, at the okay. bar. All right. Yeah, I don't know. We're not getting into that. Uh, hashtag BNBSM, best way to reach us to be the social media listener of the week. We have one this week who's getting a size medium Bills Backers of Chicago t-shirt mailed his way. I'm talking, of course, about Mark Cavaretti of the Right Here, Right Now podcast. Uh, new podcast this year, just getting going. They publish every Monday morning to get you on the drive for a little post-game action. It's nice, short, and sweet, uh, which I think is a good winning formula. Check it out if you haven't already. Mark is our social media listener of the week. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about the only bright, shiny moment of the game today for us is when that nice gentleman uh, came up to the table and That's gave us true. a little shout out. Mike I think his was his name. Mike, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mike, I hope you're having a wonderful Monday. I'm, I hope this drive that you told us about earlier today is going fantastically. And, and to all the girls who are behind us who were blacked out, drunk midway through the second quarter, which um, Cassie alluded to already, I hope that you continue to cry yourself to sleep every night because you're lonely because no man wants to be with you. So coming now to our woman. Coming now to the uh, Janie Cremel bummer of today's game. We're going to try to keep this segment under three and a half hours. Cass, we'll start with you. You've got a bevy of players, of units, of coaches, of plays, of decisions to choose from. Who is your Janie Cremel bummer of today's game? I'm going to go with Marcel Darius because we could not stop the running game for the Dolphins and we needed another big body in there to kind of plug it up and his suspension of four games and then not being able to get on the field because he gets injured is just detrimental to the team and I just we don't we we don't need him I mean we need him we need him on the field but like it it just pisses me off because we have opportunity for him to be there and he's just not and it makes our defense look terrible. Yeah, I mean, we have a couple of bona fide superstars and a couple amazing depth players. But when you're coming up against a bruising back, you need to be able to get a shoulder pad or something to slow down that running back and in the offensive line. Or the first person that can't that touches that running back cannot be a, a linebacker because that means that linebacker is going to be taking on their lead blocker. So line just needed to do better and I know Kyle made a couple plays but you know even Kyle Williams what is it in the NFL these days where everybody just tackles by bumping the receiver that shit didn't work against any large back it doesn't work against uh, Marshawn Lynch it doesn't work against obviously Jay Ajayi is that how you say his name fuck him I don't give a fuck who he is uh, you know it, it just doesn't work you have to wrap these running backs up uh, you know whether it's a tight end, you don't, you don't, you're not going to tackle Gronkowski that way either. You know you can't just take your body try. at him. We're going to try. We're going to try. You're going to have fucking Nikel Roby throwing a shoulder at the thighs of goddamn Gronkowski. Then he's going to run for another fucking 50 yards into the goddamn end zone. So wrap yeah, up you, your fucking goddamn. You, I, I should pick tacklers, but I'm not going to. Okay. Okay. The person that I'm going to pick is fucking Lashawn McCoy. You know what? I don't give a fuck what your ego says that you can do. You couldn't do jack shit today. You were not the running back that could find a small hole and make something out of it. I know the holes weren't gaping fucking wide the way they've been every other goddamn game, but that's the whole point. If you cannot run in a small hole, then you cannot run against this defense. We wasted an entire half trying to see if he could establish anything. 
Why aren't we giving that ball to Mike Gilsley or another receive or another running back that can at least make an effort? He was getting two, three yards untouched, and then he could do nothing more. And when he tried his cutbacks, they, he did not have the same burst. He did not have the same ability. My issue is not that I love LaShawn McCoy, but on this game, he should have said, no, I can't go. I cannot be the running back that I want to be, that I cannot be the running back that I should be. This game is completely different if we are able to establish a running game during the first half. We had, what, 50 yards rushing? We had 312 yards rushing last week. So that brings me to my Jenny Cremel Bummer of the Week. And we are fortunate here at Lincoln Station in Chicago to not be subject to the announcers a lot of the time. Now, the crowd here has been inexplicably thin the last couple weeks, given that we're on a four-game winning streak. We're on a four-game winning streak. But today, we were most unfortunate to hear the ongoing, more often than not, inaccurate commentary of Tom McCarthy and Adam Archuleta. These guys were awful. And we were winning this game 17-6, and I actually thought, by all indications, at 17-6, this game was over. We should have won the game at 17-6. You would have thought that the Miami Dolphins were beating us 34 to nothing. the way that they were gushing about how they were playing. They were getting guys' names wrong. They were basically analyzing plays the complete wrong way consistently throughout the game. And for all you who watch at home, which I imagine is the bulk of our listeners, I pity you because you probably have to put up with this crap week in, week out. Yes, we're the Bills. We're on a four-game winning streak, but I guess that doesn't afford us the A crew. Instead, we get Tom McCarthy and Adam Archuleta, who were horrendous today. And it doesn't help when your offense can only muster six yards in the fourth quarter until garbage time when we've already blown a timeout. By the way, timeout, second play of the second half. And then you proceed to go three and out afterward. I almost just got up and left the bar right then and there because I was pretty sure at that point in the game with the score of 10 to six, we were going to lose because that's what a team that loses does. They blow a second half timeout needlessly and then go three and out like they do every week when they get the ball after halftime. Like I said last week, why do we continue to take the ball coming out of halftime? We've proven that we can't do anything with it. So why are we setting ourselves up for that failure? So between that, between Tyrod Taylor just having a horrible day. I'm sorry, Tyrod had a horrible day. Terrible. He was off on his passes. He bought himself time and then then threw the ball away a couple times. Between the offensive line, now Asuj, I hear your point on Shady McCoy. But Shady McCoy wasn't opening up huge holes for Shady McCoy the last couple weeks. There were no holes today. They, they, there were no holes to run through like we saw the last two weeks. No, there weren't massive holes, right? But there were holes that you can get two to three yards because he was getting this two to three yards. This was the second but to worst getting... rush defense in the NFL. Why were those holes not there this week? Yeah, I, I, I get it. But maybe the reason that people have been rushing on this defense is not because they have massive holes. It's because their linebackers can't stop someone after the point of attack. We had a running back that could not do anything after the after the point of contact the hole was there there was a hole he would get like two yards but couldn't get any more now I, I agree with you I mean there's you know they're the worst second to worst rushing defense in the in the league we we're went the into best this game. rushing offense yes so why I mean you could say it both ways so where the hell did it go wrong which is to me if there's even a crease you should be able to get three four yards 
He was getting two yards, and then as soon as he got touched, he would be down. He got no no yards after the I fucking mean, you, t- contact. You can blame it on McCoy all you want, but the running game in general today, what was going on? Well, I, I agree with Soj, but I think we need to look at step, step back and take a look at the larger problem. Our team is terrible without LaShawn McCoy. Even even on a leg and a half or whatnot. I mean, we are we live and we die by LaShawn McCoy. I want, I want, I want so to clear. add a caveat to that. Our team is terrible without LaShawn McCoy and Sammy Watkins. Our receivers today were beyond horrendous. Goodwin's drop to, at the end of the second quarter took points off the board. Goodwin should never have been injured. He probably should have come down with that bad pass in the fourth quarter from Tyrod, which ended up being... And it was a bad pass, but he still should have caught it. He should have caught it. Our receivers have been bad. Walt Powell's lining up God knows where. We've got Tyrod Taylor having to walk over and get in his face and scream at him, getting bailed out by the Dolphins taking a timeout in the fourth quarter. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what they were thinking taking a timeout. Two seconds on the play clock and our, and our centers, or excuse me, our quarterback's five yards away from the center because he's screaming at the wide receiver who can't get lined up right. We saw that all day. Our receivers have been awful. They are awful. And second of all, if your fucking quarterback tells you to move, fucking move. You know what? I don't. It's not your place to make a fucking discussion, you fucking fifth string goddamn wide receiver. Like, what the fuck is in your mind? As far as I'm concerned, you should be cut. That type of behavior should not. If you want to completely undermine the offense, make fucking Tyrod Taylor have to yell at you. You think Adam or fucking Tom Brady ever has to do that to the fifth fucking string no, receiver? They're gone. You think that player well, ever plays it for the fucking e- Patriots again? That's easy to say, Suge, when your top three receivers yeah. are injured. When Sammy Watkins. Robert Woods and Salas. I don't even know the guy's first name, but he was our third receiver. Greg, 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 Greg I thought it was George. Greg. Okay, when they're all injured. And on top of that, one missed PI in the end zone, I can tolerate. Two, I cannot. So say what you will about the receivers. Say what you will about the announcers, about the offensive line, about Tyrod Taylor. About, about that terrible Argyle print in the fucking end zone. Today's officials were also beyond deplorable. It was a perfect storm that began yesterday when the plane was late getting off the tarmac that this team was bound to lose. I can't do you this. You can't thing. lose to a fucking 1-15 team that had 115 penalty yards. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? I, I, I just can't. So we're going to get our, our boy Jam and Jeff Day on the line right now to get his tacos calientes. Holy crap. 116. 116 penalty yards. This four-game winning streak should not have ground to a halt the way it did today. It is a killer for Bills Nation. I can, I can only imagine what kind of a calamitous shit show WGR is going to be for the next 48 hours. But there is plenty to complain about. There are plenty, there are plenty of tacos calientes to make. So we should at least turn it now to our boy down in Austin, Texas, to hear his tacos calientes. Well, that sound means it's time to check in with Jam and Jeff Day down in Tejas, USA. Uh, he's going to bring us today his tacos calientes. For it's tacos calientes. When you're not using the hashtag BNBSM, use the hashtag One Chip Challenge. Find yourself a Carolina Reaper packy chip wherever chips are sold and take the One Chip Challenge. Or Jeff, who sent us some Halloween chips. Um, God, those very Verde salsa, the very cool salsa. God, those are so good. We just devoured that bag. If, if you haven't seen them already, if you haven't bought them already, try the packy, cool, 
You, you could have shared. You could have brought one chip. You could have brought no, me I my own no, one chip they're challenge. That good. Okay? They're good. We got Jam and Jeff Day on the line for his Tacos Calientes, which everybody knows is Tex-Mex for hot takes. Jam and Jeff Day, what did you see from this team today? The first hot take. Wait, you're going to give wait, wait, Yeah, wait. the first Taco Caliente. Go ahead. Excuse me. The first Tacos Calientes is that three times today we punted from the 39-yard line. Um, you know, and, and, and again, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Most of the situations were not fourth and one opportunities, but on a team which, you know, offensively has sort of made its living so far on finishing drives, I thought today was a day in which we really struggled to finish country cross field. Um, Jeff, say that one more time, buddy. So, say that one more time. That's so, okay. you. Yeah, so you're you're cutting out a little bit here. So um, you're saying that uh, you didn't really have a problem uh, with punting from the 39-yard line sometimes because it was uh, it wasn't a fourth and one situation. But yeah, yeah, you know, I was just I was just saying, you know, today we punted three times from the 39-yard line, and you can debate that back and forth. But it's been a hard time finishing the five punts. So that's hot take number one. Jim and Jeff Day's uh, contribution to Bills and Beards today has as many holes as the Bills' defensive front seven. Yeah. Go ahead and continue, Jeff. Go ahead. Second talk we, we should be able to use about 20% of this, Jeff. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh, sorry if the reception is bad here. I'm driving in the streets of Houston. Um, and, uh, I fucking hate Houston. Caliente, Taco Caliente's number two is something that we talk about all the time here, guys. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah. Oh boy! You know, we lost that one all together, man. We didn't hear a single word. We said all we heard was "Tacos Calientes." Number two is uh, oh. Uh, hey Jeff, oh, yeah. why don't we try you back again a little bit later, and maybe it'll be okay. in a different spot. All right. Wait, now you sound yeah, clear. Yeah, that's fine. Just give oh, wait, me okay. real, real quick. Wait, what was that? What was that? Yeah. What was that second "Tacos Caliente"? "Tacos Calientes" number two is all about player availability. There it is. Now you sound and, clear as a bell, baby. Okay, you know, and we've and we've talked about this a few times in the past. And, and on a day in which we were gashed for I don't know upwards of 300 yards running, I bring that up because you know arguably our best run stuffer on the team, Marcel Darius, has been unavailable for the first six games of the season. And I think it, you know it's all of these things are a domino effect where. You know, there's a suspension, so you're out four games. And then because you're out four games and you try to rush back, then you injure yourself and you're out another two to three games, et cetera. You know, we talk about it all the time. Your team and your players are only as good as they are available to you. And, you know, on a day in which gas for 300 yards running up the middle over and over again, it just made me think of Marcel Darius, a Pro Bowl run defender, sitting there on the sidelines in his, you know, cutoff tank. You know, while Corbin Bryant and Jarrell Worthy and Doosable are trying to be what he fills, and it just makes you sad, right? And then, of course, we end the game with Marquise Goodwin, the most fragile player in the NFL, you know, out yet again, which I thought was the only fitting ending to what to this game. That was, just just laying back. lifeless on his back on the field. I mean, good God, on a day in which we started the day off saying, what irony that Marquise Goodwin is the only healthy receiver on this team. And then the day ends in fitting fashion with him getting concussed and lying like the lifeless piece of shit that he is. <laughs> and 
and I just couldn't. I mean, if he ended the game healthy, I think I almost would have been more upset. Um, Jeff, what were you drinking today during the game? I was, wasn't drinking, actually, today. We have a long drive. I'm driving back to... Uh, oh, were you visiting the, the family Huang? We were driving. We were visiting. We had both the parents in town today, and so they had to, they had to endure. You know, and oh, my fiance, Teresa, her parents don't watch football. And they had to endure that as one of their first football experiences. Okay, so Jeff, hold on real quick. Teresa is is of what nationality again? Teresa is Taiwanese. Ty- okay, Taiwanese. And her parents are, 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 did they did her parents immigrate to the United States? Her parents came to the States when they were in their mid-20s. Okay, so yes. can you just set the scene for us when your parents, the season ticket holders from Orchard Park... <laughs> Are watching a Bills game like today with Teresa's parents, the the, the Thai immigrants. I mean, what well, was that like? They must have thought they were on Mars, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we knew it was going to be a tough situation when we sort of like sat down for lunch at 11:50, um, and this is Central Time, folks. So oh the boy. game starts at 12. Oh boy. You know, and so you know, so we started eating, uh, you know, the pot stickers that we had made earlier in the day. And, and, uh, and, um, and, you know, I had to excuse myself at 11.59. I hooked up, <laughs> et cetera, you know, accordingly. But, no, actually, Teresa's parents are great sports. They, they didn't really stay and watch. They sort of went and did their own thing during the game. Probably the, for the back. best. Yeah, probably for the best. Came back, checked in accordingly. But, uh, but unfortunately, we're not able to show them a Bills victory. I, I'm just so disappointed in today's, in today's game, really. I mean, I know you guys, I'm sure you guys have talked at length about, about a lot. Um, but it just really, more than anything, I'm just so disappointed. You know, I think we yeah. thought we thought today that, okay, the offense is without a lot of its weapons, and here's a game in which, you know, the offense probably is not going to score more than 20 points. That's sort of what I came in thinking. I was like, you know what? But the defense has held five of our six opponents to under 20 points, and this right. is a game where all they really need to do is do it again. Yeah. yeah and but, but I didn't see I'll, I'll tell you what, though, man. Like, the defense didn't do itself any favors to start the game, but – when the offense is getting off the field so fast, there's only so much the defense can handle. And when that when that house of cards fell, it was, in in this podcaster's humble opinion, 90, 90% the fault of our offense today. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. I, I would say that your first point, which is the defense didn't do themselves any favors, it's one thing to say, okay, once the— But they weren't uh, giving once, up points. No, they weren't giving up points. You're right. But I think the reason they gave up points at the end was because— they were so gassed because they were on the field for so long. That's now, what I'm saying. I know, but they did that the first goddamn drive of the game. But the, okay, there but was a seven-minute drive. To help so you them. can't blame the, the the offense on the first play of the drive when they gave up a seven-minute drive. I agree. You know, and so uh, yes, the offense did nothing these, to help. These them. are elite athletes, and two hours later, they should be refreshed enough, and the offense could have done a little bit to sustain drives to keep the, the offense was awful today, man. They were absolutely they were awful. awful. Absolutely they were abysmal. Awful. They didn't sustain a single drive. So yes, when when they scored what was the final score? Twenty eight to twenty five? Yeah. When they scored twenty two unanswered points, it was in large part because the offense wasn't doing anything. Yep. I, I, yeah, I mean this this was a game, I mean, quite honestly, if the Dolphins didn't give up whatever it was, a hundred probably almost hundred and fifty yeah. yards of penalties. Yeah. And and then two major special multiple special teams plays. You know, I mean if they didn't give that I mean, this game was really only close because the Dolphins couldn't get out of their own way. Well and they and, and this also not even counting the two missed PIs in the end zone, by the way. Right. Right. 
I, yes, I agree. I think, you know, coming into this game off of a four-game win streak, all of Bills Nation has been sitting here being like, all right, yeah, we're feeling good. We're getting some momentum. But are we really a good team? And I think we all agree that going into today's game, knowing the injuries, knowing who we had there, a good team would find a way to win this game. And I think we got our answer. I think we all are just kind of bummed because it's like we felt we had the momentum, but we are not a good team. Hey, Jam and Jeff Day, I want to leave you with this one last thing. So, yeah. Um, I, you didn't hear it. You'll hear it when you listen to the podcast later today or tonight or tomorrow or wherever. If you don't listen to it, I don't care. Um, but I named myself as the Labatt Blue MVP of today's game because I ran a 10K today, and I was pretty proud of myself. So I am going to go home, and I'm going to order a Jets pizza with two sides of ranch, and that's how I'm going to deal with this loss. <laughs> uh, hey, congrats, man. That's Thanks. a good accomplishment. I'm proud of you. Hey, and by the way, I want to leave you guys with this question. We've been talking about it now, but I also want to leave you with this question. Speaking, Kathy, you mentioned, you know, how good is this team really, and I think the, the, the jury is still out a little bit. The one player, I'm sort of in the last, last hot take, and I've been thinking about this really all season. The last what? My last tacos calientes, excuse me, is do we do we think Ronald Darby is good? Yes. And I and I leave that as a question. He's always he's a great tackler. Yes, and that's why. He's a, he's a terrific tackler. He's always in the right position. But somehow this whole season, it feels like he's always making tackles. And he's right there, but his guys are making catches. And I'm starting to worry a little bit about Ronald Darby and how good of a defensive back he is. I don't know. I'll leave you with that. Jeff, if I had to make a list of 1,000 things that could have been better today, Ronald Darby might be number 1,003. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I know. I hear what you're saying right now, but, mm, yeah, let's save it. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Certainly not. He certainly didn't lose today's game. All right, guys. Hey, until uh, next week we face the Patriots. It'll be an interesting Yeah, let's take down the Pats, baby. Go Bills. All right, guys. Yeah, go Bills. Who is the Bill? Who exemplifies the Bills? If you want to know, then just chill. It's time for Bills, Bills, Bills. That's right, folks. We got our man Buffalo Bill Belcher up in Brew City, USA, on the line to talk about his Bills, Bills, Bills. It's the Buffalo Bills who exemplify what it means to be a Buffalo Bill. Coming from Buffalo Bill in Brew City, USA. Buffalo Bill, who was your Bills, Bills, Bills of today's game? Getting straight to it this week, guys. It's LaShawn McCoy, my Bill, Bill, Bill. And uh, it all comes down to the fact that, listen, when uh, he is our offense and uh, everything revolves around that, and uh, he was not uh, obviously not 100% today. And uh, if we are going to be a a playoff team, um, it's going to be whether or not LaShawn McCoy is healthy. And that's the bottom line. So you sound as though you are a Bills fan who either, one, just woke up from a nap, or two, is feeling as kicked in the stomach as the rest of Bills Nation. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm kicked in the stomach. I'll tell you what I was really disappointed in, and that was uh, the play calling. Um, And Anthony, I don't know if you guys already talked about this at all, but, uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen Gillisley and, like, our typical run, run plays. And I'd like to see them stop that. But it was just like we were straight up just like we had we had LaShawn in the beginning of the game. 
he wasn't 100 percent, and then all of a sudden we just defaulted to the past. Like uh, that was that uh, was my uh, that was my uh, Jenny Cremel was actually Lashawn McCoy because of the fact that I didn't think that he was 100 percent, and he didn't take himself out, and we didn't get to see. Gillisley actually try our standard run packages. So if I'm if I'm following correctly, Bill named LaShawn McCoy as his Bills, 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 because as LaShawn McCoy goes, so does the Buffalo Bills, and LaShawn McCoy went pretty awful today. But one of the things we talked about, Bill, uh, Bill, I want to get your reaction to this, because right before we had you on the line, we did a, a quick sidebar on this. Out of today's game was uh, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, and Greg Salas, our top three receivers. Is it fair to say that yeah. Miami just put nine guys in the box and said, okay, you're going to run that shit against us? Good luck. Yeah, you can do all the pulling and all the misdirections and all the heavy one side, and you can put three tight ends and two tackles on one side of the line of scrimmage and try to fool us that way, but like we, we still got a safety and three linebackers here waiting for your running back. They just didn't respect our passing games today, did they? Well, I don't know. I mean, did the Niners? I mean, the Niners are the number 32 uh, ranked the team against the Rush. The Dolphins are number 31. So but what separates 32 like from way. 31 to the extent that we ran for 250 fewer yards? Yeah. Um, well, we actually we com- we committed to the run against the Niners, but we did not commit to the run uh, against the uh, uh, the Dolphins. Yeah, I think the wrinkle that both of you are talking about is the fact that we didn't commit to the run because of the fact that we weren't effective in the run one against a nine-man front and two again with a back that was injured so both of those things failed and you know maybe they are a little little bit better than the Niners were the other thing is we did have Robert Woods and when we were throwing the ball last week we were effective Tyrod Taylor did not have a horrible game last week this week when we were throwing the ball it was ineffective it was overthrows it was drop passes so they weren't scared of our running game, and so maybe San Francisco had to keep at least one person back there to cover the pass. You know, as opposed to here, they're like, well, fuck it. Even when those, these people are open, Tyrod's not getting him the ball. And when he does get him the ball, they don't catch the ball. So w- let's just key off on, uh, on the run. And then let's just key off on actually, um, you know, uh, 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 on taking him out by a pass rush. So, I, 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 I mean, I just think that we really... I really, I, I, what I would have liked to have happened was Gillsley starts the game. Gillsley starts the game and then prove that you cannot run the ball that way, and then I feel fine because then I think that our best player is out there. And then if he's not effective, then give LaShawn McCoy a try, sure. you know, Because if we could have won this game with just Gillisley, that would have been the ideal situation because then McCoy would have had another week's rest. Because now he played for a half, he got his ass kicked for a half, he tried to cut, he couldn't. That hamstring is going to yeah. be a little bit more injured than it yeah. was before the beginning of this game. I hate and to well, what end? True. And I if, our, true. if our if our offensive line is as good as it's been touted as, then you know, yeah, you're not going to get as much production out of Gillisley, but you should be able to get enough production. Some production, the, man. Thirty first, some production, but we we just didn't run the ball. We never ever committed to it. And the Dolphins are bad enough of a team that we were able to still be up in the game, 17-6 to six or whatever it was. I thought the game was over at that and point. And then we just ran out of steam, man. We just ran out of steam straight up. Billy, what you drinking up there in Milwaukee today? Uh, I'm drinking a um, six, uh, it's called Puff from Six Points. Six Points? It's nine, 
So is that, uh, is yeah, that, is that point, any uh, way relative to four point? No, point. I don't know what that means, but no. Point, no, six point. Points, we probably... Point Brewery in Wisconsin. No. Point is a brewery in Wisconsin. Point. No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they no, are. No, this guy, this guy, this is this, uh, Brooklyn, Ooh. and uh, it's delicious. They had 9.8 percenter, so Jesus. obviously uh, that's a... So that might explain the just woke up from a nap sound. Yeah, it could be as well. I am also rolling rolling out my um, calves on a, on a, a foam roller. Well, far be it from us so to got... interrupt that. Yeah, what are you trying to get rid of me? <laughs> no. <laughs> you crazy, man. You crazy. <laughs> oh, oh, my Lord. God. What a fucking horrible game. All right, Billy. This team. Yeah, this team sucks. And we got, well, we got the Patriots next weekend, so you know what's the worst that could happen. Definitely going to win that one. Yeah. All right, Billy. Well, uh, hey, um, you, you guys all going to be there next Sunday? Of course, dude. It's my birthday next Sunday. Yeah, you'll be around because you're staying at my place. Are you staying Friday and Saturday? Yes, sir. All right, man. Looking forward uh, to having I'm you. Staying at, I'm, staying at Julie's, I'm staying at Julie's place on Saturday, so, okay, so don't need to worry about me on Friday Saturday. Saturday but... You said yes, then. Okay. Okay, Buffalo Bill Belcher, always a... Our RSVPs, like, <laughs> are you running to bed and breakfast here? Do we need to get this squared away on the podcast? Yes! <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Bill, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Go, Bills. Uh, let's look for a bounce back against the Patriots next week. Yeah! Go Bills. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. And this Ooh, is that's getting better. This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. I am fittingly, and it's funny because we look at this rotating uh, draft menu from Lincoln Station, and I will say Lincoln Station, it's not a bad place. It, they took the wings special way. They did some things to piss us off. They do reserve us a table. That's nice. One of the things they do well, this rotating beer menu is pretty impressive. They, they do, a, do a good job with this. And if you came here for any other reason other than watching the Bills, you're going to get good food and some decent beer. And those are all drafts. That's what, like, how yeah. many different drafts? Like 20 drafts? Yeah, and these are all drafts. And it's, it's different every week. When I opened up the menu today, I only read one thing. I, this is, and it's still the only thing that I've read because my eyes just go voomp. Right to the beer that I end up getting. It is the Ale Asylum from the Velveteen Habit, which, of course, is a play on Velveteen Rabbit, which makes you think of going down the rabbit hole, which would put you in an asylum, which is precisely where most of us, including me as Bills fans, feel today. It is a vibrant floral nose with juicy citra hop, which we talked about last week. Delicious. Rich malt spine lends a hint of sweetness to balance the crisp hop tape. I highly recommend it. From Madison, Wisconsin, right up there with uh, Buffalo Bill Belcher in uh, Beer State, USA, Wisconsin, Illinois, Madison, Great Town, Ale Asylum, Velveteen Habit. If you get your hands on it, highly recommended from this humble podcaster. Well, I decided that I was going to go ahead and kill myself uh, after watching that game. And I kind of felt like I died on the inside at least three to four times during that game. I gave up. I, you know, crawled back to, crawled my eyes back onto the screen, and then I died again, and then my dead eyes came back up and just kept so dying so over you and over a, again. A Bud Light. So I ordered the Three Floyds Zombie Dust because I was it is dead. A good beer. I came back. This is, I mean, this is an amazing and beer. And seasonal, but, by the way. But I came back from the dead multiple times, unlike the Bills who just stayed dead 
But their fans, like we always fucking do, come back from the goddamn dead to support to this goddamn team. 17 to 6, we had this team dead to rights. But we just kept we just and the 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 Miami Dolphins tried to kill themselves with 116 penalty yards, but no, we just and two, you know and two pass interferences in the end zone. And I I just keep coming back, just like those goddamn zombies. But you know what? It killed me to the point where, just as the name implies, it's zombie dust. You know, you can cut off a zombie's arm and it keeps coming after you. The only way to actually kill a zombie is to vaporize it into dust, and that's pretty much what happened to me. I mean, I I'm just I'm I'm just dead. Zombie dust is delicious. Cass, what are you drinking? Uh, tight head. I don't know. I kind of like that. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a beer. Jake can attest. <laughs> yes. It's a beer called Scarlet Fire. Um, it's a red ale. I've actually never, uh, never had a red ale. It's my what? first time. Really? Yeah. I think, I don't think so. I don't really like red ales. Uh, it was okay. It got me with the caramel malt. Yeah. It does have a nice caramel undertone to Multi-caramely, it. Multi-caramely, heavy, red, yeah. sweet. Yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty that's good. That's what you get from red ale. Yeah. Out of, out of Mundelein, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And Mundelein's a... Sounds like a miserable place. Suburb of Chicago. Yeah, suburb miserable. But um, it's one of those. Sh- it's one of those, air quotes suburbs. I believe that's like so far out of the city that everybody, all of your relatives who live in Ohio, you tell them like, "Oh, I live in Chicago." They're like, "Oh, he lives in Chicago." No, you don't. You live in Mundelein. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like forty miles from Chicago. Mundelein's Mundelein's quite nice. My, they have nice houses. My cousin, but it is way the hell out. My cousin from Woodstock pulls this shit all the time. When I moved to Chicago, everyone's like, oh, well, your cousin Steve lives in Chicago. I was like, oh, great. Where does he live? Oh, he lives in Woodstock. I looked at Woodstock on a map. I'm like, he might as well live in Wisconsin. That's not Chicago. But no, that's, quote, Chicagoland. Hey, my uh, my nurse is from Woodstock. The one that, yeah. Well, that might explain a few things. Yeah, so maybe we should. I want to see who your cousin is. He's married and has two kids. Uh, okay, uh, so Suge, I was more thinking that maybe they know each other, not not that maybe they should date each other. Well, but my only other fine. association with your nurse has been trying to set him up with a Buffalonian. Coming to you now for the wild card portion. This is just a bunch of fucking Buffalonian. That's what this is. <laughs> wild card portion of today's episode. All right, all right, all right. So yesterday was so good. Today started off so good. I put up my bills. Fandemonium flags. I made sure the helmet was right. Because last night, man, the Cubs here in Chicago, they changed this city's attitude permanently. They finally made their way through the NLCS, and they are going to the World Series in the first time since, what, 1947? 1945. Go, Cubs, go. The year we dropped the bomb on Japan. You know that. Way to make it dark, Way to make it dark. Um... So, you know, I, I've sat here in Chicago for was coming on 16 years now, actually just past 16 years now, and ever since I've been here, the Cubs have just been just pitiful. I mean, like, worse than the Bills. I used to think about, like, hey, who's worse, the Bills or the Cubs? And it was always the Cubs. It was just miserable. But then all of a sudden there was this new owner that came along and a new manager. Big Donald Trump supporters. Yeah, and uh, although that's a little, that's actually not entirely so the, the I think Daddy is a supporter, but the two of the kids actively support Hillary Clinton. Is that true? Yeah, so it's, it's a mixed family there. Cass um, is rolling her eyes. Yeah, nobody cares. She doesn't want. Um, to, she doesn't want to get into this. Yeah. Debate. So anyways, what, what I was thinking as I was watching the Cubs make it into the World Series, I was like, Jesus, anything can happen. If the Cubs can make the World Series, the Bills should definitely be able to win the world, uh, uh, make it into the playoffs, right? This is crazy. So 
you know, as I, I thought, okay, well, we're definitely going to win this game. But it turns out anything can happen, and the Bills can lay a goddamn egg like they always used to. Uh, so I guess that's what I'm wondering. What is the craziest prediction that you guys have? What is the anything-can-happen scenario that you have for the rest of this season? I'll go first. Uh, it's easy. Tyrod Taylor overcomes a four-point deficit in the fourth quarter. Boy, that would be a fucking miracle, wouldn't it? Okay. Uh, yeah, that would be a miracle. Um, I, I'll, I'll go at the secondary miracle, and, and it's going to happen next week. We're actually going to beat the fucking We're gonna Patriots. We're going to sweep the Pats. We're going to sweep, sweep the Pats. The Pats. That sweep better be Pats. reflected in your prediction, goddammit. Oh, yeah, you better believe it. You know why? Because they take you down to the bottom where you, like, feel like the last breath is being sucked from your lungs. And, and then and all of a sudden. they grab you by the balls and lift you eight feet in the air. And you feel like you can just conquer oh. anything in the world. So, I think that someone's going to die on the field. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going with. I mean, this is truly anything can happen, right? Like it'll probably it's be Shaq Lawson be, moments after his first be, sack. <laughs> it's gonna be Shaq Lawson and something. It's not gonna be Shaq Lawson. No, you know what? I mean, he's been skirting death for his entire career. Marquise Goodwin is going to die on the field. <laughs> Let's just Dude, be that's honest. Awful. There's that's no awful. chance because he almost dies every time he catches the ball, right? Like every time he gets, EJ almost killed him. Tyrod almost killed him Tyrod today. Tyrod almost killed him today. So, I mean, it's just... But a, a normal wide receiver doesn't almost get killed by the contact. That's that why Bill Nichols is not a goddamn... If yeah. Bill Nichols was a track star in the Olympics, Bill Nichols would be playing for the goddamn Buffalo Bills, and we would watch our friend die. So, just so we're all clear, Marquise Goodwin still outweighs Bill by about 80 pounds. And, and we really don't want Marquise Goodwin to die. Like, no. No, no. But that's the crazy shit that'll happen. And then the Bills will make the playoffs, and it'll be like... Fight for Marquise. Fight for Marquise. Everyone will have 88 tattooed on their arm. And then we fucking go to the Super Bowl. That is anything that can fucking happen. Wow. It's like when uh, What's-His-Name came back from the fucking stroke on uh, Sunday, oh, Sunday night. Oh, Brewski. Oh, God. Well, now that you brought that up, we are playing the Patriots next week in Buffalo. Back at New Era Stadium where the Bills are 2-1. and one. I'm not feeling good. I'm taking for predictions that it, it, here's how it always goes. One Patriots game close. The other Patriots game, they just mopped the floor with us. The last one was moderately close and didn't have Tom Brady in it, so I'm saying Patriots 38, Buffalo 12. So, oh, 27-17. You were so good to me for so many weeks, but Jeff Day brought it up when he texted us during the game, and he noted that this game was pretty much over when Miami scored their second touchdown above seven. Well, when, when Jonathan Meeks was Lord knows where. Yeah, when he decided to tackle why, why Ronald Darby. Why are defensive backs so poor at uh. defending an underthrown pass? Uh, God only knows, because when we do it, it gets picked off. Um, but but when that happened, it was before the before the uh, Zero point turnovers extra. today for the Dolphins. Yeah. Out, uh, B- before the point Ryan after. Tannehill. Zero turnovers in one sack against Ryan Tannehill. That's Stop cutting off my prediction. Sorry. God damn it. Before the uh, t- before that point after Cubs going to the World Series, I'll fucking stab every single one of you. I will burn this whole fucking building down. I'm gonna lock the doors where Jen can get out. Uh, so before the point after, the score was in fact 27-17, and that's when this game was essentially it was over. 28-17. After, God damn it, Lars, would you fucking pay attention? I said before the point after. It was 27-17, and at that point, the game was over. It didn't matter if they hit the extra point. The game was fucking over then. <sighs> okay, so the game was over, and 
it backfired on me. All right, 27-17, that's when we gave up all hope. So that's I told myself that either it's going to be 27-17 and us uh, losing, uh, and then that's when I'd stop. So long fucking story short, and it wouldn't have been so goddamn long if you guys hadn't stopped interrupting me. Um, but what I'm going to say is actually we are gonna we're gonna we're it's gonna burn going? things down. What is we're still we're gonna burn things down. It's gonna be 24-20 Buffalo. That that crowd is gonna be freaking crazy. Shaq Lawson's finally gonna hit form. We're gonna get Marcel Darius I'm back next week. That. I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because Shaq Lawson gets one more week of doing jack shit before I'm kind of like, hey, Shaq Lawson, what's going on, man? You yeah. Got, you got enough snaps now to do something. You haven't done much. Right. Exactly. I think we're going to get Mario, uh, sorry, Marcel Darius back. Um, and Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mario Williams, for finally showing up no, one fucking play. No. I know. He didn't do anything. He didn't, he do, didn't do anything. Shit. I know. It doesn't matter. Tyrod but, Taylor rolled right into his lap, and that's what he, yeah. quote, did today. Bullshit. But, yeah, he hadn't even done that before, though. So... Um, so that's what's going to happen. We're going to get Mario back. Or sorry, fuck me. We're going to get Marcel back. Uh, we are going to get Shaq Lawson to form. We're going to be a defensive front that's scary. We're going to create pressure with just a four-man front, which is what we've tried to do a lot of this season have been ineffective, which, by the way, that's another thing that I'm going to complain about is, damn it, why are we not blitzing Ryan Tannehill? Why were we not blitzing him all goddamn game? I don't care. Whatever. We're going to win next week. So I'm uh, I'm really glad if the score hits your prediction at some point in the game, according to Suj, then that means that you were correct. So, uh, I mean, I love that standard. Um, I'm, you know what? I, like I said, like miracles do happen. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm going to the first World Series game at Wrigley Field on Friday night since 1945. Yep, that's a brag there. Um, but... That was what, oh, ye, three years before you were born? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm like in my 70s, thank you. Um, but anyways, I, I feel like uh, the Bills are, are it's going to be a good game. They're going to bounce back. I really feel like they're going to bounce back. And so the Patriots are going to score 13 points, and the Bills are going to score 23. Well, the, uh, the Patriots just gave up the tying touchdown, I think, to the Pittsburgh Steelers here in the second quarter. We'll have to see. Hashtag BNBSM, best way to join us. We got another winner this week. We'll be getting another shirt mailed to him from the Bills backers here of Chicago. If you want to be considered for the social media listener of the week, just use that hashtag and we'll hit it you up. You can use it on Facebook or Twitter. Find us on iTunes. Just search Bills and Beers. Actually, just search Bills. We're one of the first things that, that comes up. Uh, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. And leave us a rating. Let us know how much you love us. And if you don't love us so much, don't bother leaving a rating. Uh, I'm Lars on behalf of Jam and Jeff Day down in Houston slash Austin, Texan, 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 Texas. Uh, on behalf of Buffalo Bill Belcher up in Bruce City, USA, the president of the Bills Backers of Chicago, the lovely Cassie Hutton, and the patriarch of the Hutton family, Jay Hutton, who's sitting here to my left. I'm Lars. Until next week. Go, go Bills. Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me want to shout.